Well, here we are. Six weeks of shelter in place here in California. Um, six weeks with no NBA action, roughly. But we found something to talk about here, inspired a little bit by some of the other podcasts and NBA content being spewed out on the internet. We decided to do a podcast episode on a redraft of the 2003 NBA draft. We choose this draft specifically because, you know, me and Sean, we are not that old, but we also are not that young. And the 2003 draft, I think, is that perfect little sweet spot between when we first started really uh, getting into the NBA. Or correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, I think you also got into the NBA around this time or were you a little more later? Yeah, and I mean, I think that I would call myself a casual NBA fan. Just, I mean, what was I, eight, nine years old at this point? (laughs) No, I was like 10 or 11. Yeah, I was like 10 or 11. It's like, I like the NBA, but like, obviously I couldn't follow all these players. I wasn't that like crazy into it. I was following all these players yet. So I think for me, this is going to be a good exercise to actually figure out who was even playing back then, except for LeBron James. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, like, um, this is like the start of the LeBron era, you know? And so, like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Kobe was in his prime. Um, you had Michael Jordan even play in this season right before this draft happened. So there, there was a lot of stuff going on in this era. So uh, this will be good. This will get us caught up and make us more rounded, well-rounded NBA fans, I think. Yeah, and I think we also have the advantage here with the 2003 draft. There's a lot of these guys are not there yet. A lot of these guys have already cemented who they are. Except for a guy like LeBron, clearly he's still there. And um, you even had some dudes like I found out doing research for this that Udonis Haslam has is still playing. He's still on the Miami <laughs> Heat NBA roster, and he didn't even come out of this draft. Came out of the 2001 or 2002 NBA draft, and he's still Oof. around, which is insane. It's crazy. And there's also um, Vince Carter. <laughs> yeah, you still Vince Carter. Yeah, even drafted even way before that. Um, but anyways. I think to kick off this podcast, Sean, and I think I've asked this question before, but in the 2003 NBA draft, there are currently three active players still on NBA rosters. Technically, the NBA season is not yet canceled, so (laughs) we'll still treat it as it's ongoing. So who are those three active players, Sean? All right. All right. I feel like I I have gotten a similar question from you on this before. All right. So, I mean, LeBron's the obvious one. And then Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony's got to be one of yep. those. And then, ooh, Kyle Korver. That's right. Yes. LeBron James, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, and Kyle Korver, the last three players from this 2003 NBA draft to still be uh, on an active roster. And, I mean, this was a good one, and it's up there for one of the top NBA drafts. Of course, I think it really comes down to three at this point, 96. 2003 and 1984 yeah um, that that had Hakeem and uh, Michael Jordan come out of there 96 of course Iverson and Kobe Nash Ray Allen 2003 we got a bunch of big names as well and some guys who and me and you were you know we were talking about this earlier it's like you obviously have the superstars but then you have these role players that some of them are a little hard to figure out just by looking at their career stats because overall career numbers are okay but they had those one or two years that really um, benefited their team or they showed glimpses of 
of a contributing player. Maybe if they had been in the right situation, they could have really uh, driven a team to get more wins. And those were the hard ones to to really find and scout and put in the right spot. But we're going to try our best here, and it's going to be a little chaotic. This is our first time ever doing this, and we did not practice or anything, <laughs> but uh, we'll figure it out. But before we do that, Sean, let's, let's, let's go over some of the headlines here of what has happened in the six weeks we've been in uh, shelter in place. Yeah, so not a lot going on. We want to go over some of these more current stories as of today, April 13th. But um, the big one being the Chicago Bulls are not being silent throughout this entire um, hiatus that we're seeing in the league. They're they're being very active in uh, switching around their front office, um, hiring Denver's former GM Arturis Karnasovas to become their new executive vice president of basketball operations. And so he's basically tasked with making this front office something that uh, the league can be aware of, something that people can be afraid of, something that can actually make this a winning basketball team, Uh, something that we've just we haven't seen. We've seen talent come into this team. Obviously, we love Laurie Markkinen. Wendell Carter Jr. has a soft spot in our hearts, but it just hasn't been able to work. These pieces are not winning. So they needed to really shake things up and they certainly did so by starting with this move. Yeah, I think this is a long time coming. There's been a lot of boneheaded moves by this franchise. And of course, there's been a lot of bad luck as well. So not all blame can be pointed at the front office, but there are more than numerous mistakes that the front office has made and patience in Chicago has worn thin. And I think this is a long time coming. And I think even doing the research for this draft, I just see the the spikes and plateaus that the Chicago Bulls franchise has gone through um, since since Jordan left. I mean, there was a huge dry spell from when he left up until the 2004, mid-2000s, where we had that little spike with the young Bulls and then Derrick Rose mm-hmm. days. And now it's back to another plateau. So I think to me, long time coming. I'm glad the the Chicago franchise is shaking things up because I think they're, they've been taking advantage of their fans for a long time here. I think mm-hmm. Chicago has great fans, loyal fans, but they need to start giving these fans a, a great product. And the NBA is at its best when Chicago, LA and New York can, pr- can produce great products. And we have not seen that in years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Lakers are definitely well on their way. And I think I think this is a good move for Chicago. We might be waiting on New York for another few decades until Dolan (laughs) uh, gives the team up. But I I like this move. I think I I don't know much about this uh, Arturis Karnasovas guy, but he seems like a pretty smart dude. I mean, what they built over there in Denver, anyone involved in that front office has got to be a real winner. You know, Mm -hmm. so I'm looking I'm looking at this and I'm liking what I'm seeing. Um, already after only being officially announced as the vice president of basketball operations uh, one hour into his tenure he gets Gar Foreman the notoriously hated GM by both Bulls and NBA fans alike booted out of there fired one hour into this man's reign (laughs) (laughs) thus ending the Gar Pax relationship that has been plaguing Chicago for years Mm -hmm. and then John Paxson the other half of that piece that has seemed to be the the big problem there in Chicago, they moved him into a senior advisor of basketball operations role, which could also be seen as a nothing role. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I feel like this role is like the role that like Ryan from the office had when he had to move (laughs) into that closet office where it's just like, you're still there. You're still in the payroll, but 
we're trying to get you to do as little as possible so you have as little as to no impact on the entire organization and oh yeah <laughs> i mean it's good or it's bad i mean for chicago fans it's good i'm not so sure what good it does for john paxson's career but at this point i think the mistakes he's made it can already speak to what kind of a uh a front man he is anyway so mm-hmm. i think this this is again a long time coming and i'm i think it's i'm glad to see this all being shaken up but it's a little too it's late uh but it's, it's better than never Exactly, yeah. And then I think there's a lot of speculation right now that uh, Jim Boyle and the head coach isn't going to be yeah, uh, far behind. <laughs> get him out of here. Get him out of there. <laughs> Already had plenty of animosity throughout the season, calling his players thugs. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's just not, not a lot of love to be had there. So uh, hopefully this is a sign of good things for Chicago. I know we had high hopes for them going into the season uh, with this young yeah. core around Zach Levine. Marking in and and the whole crew there, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what they can make with it. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a tough loss for Denver to lose. Um, really a diamond in the rough for them mm-hmm. putting together a great team, believing in these guys, making the right moves, and putting together a solid squad. Who, I mean, they they've had they had their troubles this year, but it looked like they were turning a, a real corner uh, st- starting in January and February. Uh, so I would have been really curious to see what this Denver Nuggets team would have done in the playoffs as a second or third seed. Maybe they mix things up and push the Clippers, but I mean, this is all TBD. But either way, yeah. this team is set up a good, has set up some good pieces. Now it's let's. I'd be curious to see if this affects the Denver Nuggets moving forward, losing this kind of man in their front office. Yeah, I mean, certainly that doesn't seem like much will be affected by them in the short term because they do have young guys, super young guys on the roster and they're all in pretty good contracts right now. So I don't see Denver really trying to make any strong moves or really have the need to make any strong moves with the roster they currently have. Um, mm-hmm. So I may, maybe they'll, they'll have some time to figure out who's going to replace him. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, do you think the NBA is going to come back this season? I want to know what your thought is on that. I don't know. I'm not very hopeful anymore. I'm yeah. not very optimistic about it. I, it I, yeah, I know like they're waiting till May to make like a final decision, but like there just doesn't seem like a lot of plans currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things aren't really progressing well. I mean, I think if there is one last ditch effort in the hands of the NBA, it's just to cut straight to the playoffs and play in a central location with no fans. I think that's the more likely scenario. And even then, I, I feel like it's not. Very, very likely. I mean, would the NBA be okay with playing the NBA playoffs in the second half of June or even July? I mean, they might be, but then it's like, is this is this a championship? Like, teams are gonna feel good about, you know? Like, yeah. there's such an asterisk behind whoever. Like, if the season does happen again, it's like there were so many unforeseen circumstances that you can't control. Like, does this even count as a real championship? Exactly. I mean, if you throw them out there and you only give them, I don't even know, like even a month of just regular season play, I think that even then uh, makes everything, makes every team such a wild card. Like I think at that mm-hmm. point you forget about the past seedings and especially if you go straight into the playoffs and it's like almost as close to March Madness, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, really, it's ep- anybody's game. Like who's, who's in, like nobody who's in shape, you know, like that's going to be a huge X factor. Apparently Pat Um, Beverly has been in shape. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like those things, those type of things, like the team chemistry is all gone. The rhythm is gone. Like 
it it's it'll be huge. I I have no, I don't even really want to dig into that. Like there's yeah. so many things to take into account, but all I would all I say is like the idea that the will the NBA will find a way to play out the last twenty or so games. I think that's gone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think now it's just a matter of like, do we go straight into the playoffs, and what is that going to look like? Right. Yeah. And that's that's a tough one too. I know there's been like some talks of a twenty five day plan where they get to just start doing individual workouts for like 10 days. And then they take two weeks to do like a mini training camp type mm-hmm. of thing before they start up the season again. I mean, that, that might help get them in better shape to give them that like 25 day grace period to get back into basketball rhythm. But yeah, like, like I said, it's, it's just too much, too many intangibles, too many weird things. Like it's just not, it's just not a normal season and it, it, you can't make it that, no matter what at this yeah. point. I mean, we just, I mean, me and you have been watching the NBA for a long time. And the last three years we've been doing this or two years we've been doing this podcast. We find ourselves every November talking about are these teams a real deal because some teams come red hot out of the gates after mm-hmm. the two week training camp. <laughs> but it's just like, but that's not really out. who yeah. they are. Then they fizzle <laughs> out and then the real good teams come out. And I'm not saying that's probably what will happen. Like the Orlando Magic will win the NBA championship if that had <laughs> happened, you know, back two years ago or, or Memphis. But I mean, there is some, that is something to consider like uh, that. It, it makes it really tough when you just go to, if you were to go straight to playoffs after only like two weeks of practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would make upsets much more likely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what do you think about well, these reports of uh Gobert and Mitchell's relationship? Uh, not, not being able to be salvaged right now. Have you been following the story at all? I have, and I I don't know. I can't. I don't really. What is? I don't really know what the the source of it is. That an athletic article that came out. I think, um, and I, I don't. I don't. I don't really know. I don't know. I think <laughs> if there is some truth to it, it's probably all exaggerated frustration from Donovan Mitchell, um, or maybe he said something the day that. He was diagnosed with COVID and, you know, Rudy Gobert and he apologized himself, did all those boneheaded things that he did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just what it is. I don't think, I feel like there's no way that the relationship is broken that bad. I think there's probably just frustration going around the roster that the Utah Jazz, you know, were headed for another playoff run. Yeah. Uh, and it was their teammate that essentially set this whole thing off. Not that yeah. it wouldn't have been set off either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he did do some boneheaded things, but I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I agree. If this wasn't a big deal for forgetful section for us, this would be forgetful, I think. Oh, like, totally. Donovan yeah. Mitchell is one of like the least dramatic players. He's just he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like he's a sensible guy. Like if Gobert sincerely apologized for his actions, I don't think Mitchell would hold it against him. It's not like Yeah. I mean, you gotta think about it. Like, these guys are not like real adults you know Mm -hmm. like we look up to them as if they like have it all figured out these are just like kids out here man (laughs) like donovan mitchell is like fresh out of college like fresh out of being a senior 30 or something yeah Yeah. exactly yeah these kids are all younger than us i think gobert's like the same age as us (laughs) and it's like yeah i would do something stupid too like uh, i'm a total idiot but like yeah yeah, like uh, am i supposed to view rudy gobert as this like super mature adult like no like that's just yeah just i don't know we we hold such high standards for these celebrities for these personalities but like at the end of the day like they're not any smarter than we are 
<laughs> yeah, it is kind of crazy when you put it in that context. Like, yeah, Dominic Mitchell's just like entering his senior would and be entering his <laughs> senior year, I think, in college or le- or just leaving. Yeah, I don't his senior I, year I in college. Like, I feel like he did a few years in college, or was did he was he a senior? Did he go I, four years in college? I think he did. He he declared for the draft after his second year, right? I think that's what mm, it was. Okay. Okay, so he's 23. Yeah, so he yeah, would be so, one, so, one year out of college. Yeah, he'd be a super senior. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's there's things going on in the NBA. They're trying to s- salvage this the best that they can. And one of those ways is the NBA 2K tournament in the horse competition, <laughs> neither of which I watched. I watched a little bit of the NBA 2K, and then I realized exactly what I was watching. It was just two grown-ass <laughs> men playing a video game, which is a, who, and they're not and any that any. They're not that much better than anybody else. I mean, it's just like it's like. Wouldn't I rather be watching actual professional NBA 2K gamers? Yeah, either that or just be playing NBA 2K myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like they're so focused. They don't even really say much. So it was like, I it, it definitely sounded, and I figured it was going to be something like that where it was like, it was going to sound cooler than what it actually was going to be. It's yeah. like, and it reminded me a lot of like the big three when the big three announced that Allen Iverson was coming to play. And it was like, my God, Allen Iverson is going to play again. But then when you actually watched it, it's like, oh, shit. Allen Iverson is like 45 years old. Like he cannot cross over. Like he's not that impressive anymore. No, he doesn't have the lift. Like, he's, uh. no, he there's a reason why he had been retired for four plus years. And it's and, I mean, it, this kind of is like the same thing. Sounded cooler than what it actually was, at least to me. I don't know about you, Sean. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't even watch any of the NBA 2K. I, I knew I wouldn't be interested in that, but <laughs> you know what? I, I I did bite the bullet on the horse competition. I did watch it, and then I turned it off thirty seconds later. <laughs> it was embarrassingly low quality, and I understand ESPN struggling for content right now, and they're trying to do something cool for like to appease basketball fans in any way they can, but. It was just grainy footage from a phone on both sides. There was so much lag on both sides of the conversation. You couldn't even tell they were really talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't even really tell what was going on. Like, I couldn't even tell if they made a shot sometimes. Like, Zach Levine <laughs> is on, like, a 3G network still, wherever he's at. <laughs> like, it, it's like I've seen way better, like, Instagram lives quality-wise. <laughs> it was just embarrassing. And I just... I couldn't. It was so uninteresting too, because there was like no commentary, like no like background music or anything. It was just like watching. It was like watching Zach Levine on his Instagram live, like shooting a basketball around. Like <laughs> it was so disgustingly boring. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I credit the team for tr- coming up, trying to come up with stuff, but it's tough, man, when you don't have the production crew behind it, and it just goes to show you how much magic goes into producing good quality mm-hmm. content like it takes yeah. it takes an army of people yeah and equipment apparently yeah. too <laughs> yeah i tech equipment exactly like more than just like your standard iphone and, and the thing about it too is like the grainy quality and then it's like impossible to really verify things like mm-hmm. you know especially for a horse competition it's like i mean especially when you play in person it's like you're so precise about where you shot it and how you shot it yeah i don't think they were even going for that i think they were just going for like nba or even just like basketball personalities just 
having i don't know a little friendly competition yeah i i I mean i'll give them credit and now i'm just curious to see what they come up with next i I know yeah this the 2k tournament's still going on Oh, like, it is? yeah, I oh, still I see like, over. oh no, I still see commercials for it. Cause they're doing it like in little, like couple hour segments and they're in like the semifinals, I think now or something. I'm only seeing what I see from the ESPN articles. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, I am. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I think, I, I think I, I'm getting more, more, um, entertainment with just watching Bill Simmons and, um, <laughs> and Jalen and Jacoby come up with the questions or even first take, man. They're like out mm-hmm. there debating some ridiculous stuff. And I find that more entertaining. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and even like watching classic games, like ABC every, mm. um, I think Saturday is playing like a classic NBA finals game from the past. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I was watching, which I was watching the warriors and Cavaliers. And 2015? Then, yeah, uh, 2016. That was a good one. And then yeah. I also saw the 2010 Lakers Celtics oh, game those are seven. Two great game. That was amazing. Those are oh, two man. great And it's such a different series. era. This, the final oh, yeah. score was like 83 to 79. You're like, well, what? That was, that's, that's like a mid third yeah. quarter score. <laughs> that was a gritty, gritty game oh, seven. Man. I mean, there was so like. So gritty. Chippy, yeah. man. So chippy. <laughs> the rivalry was at its peak for our era right then and there. Yeah, I mean, they people need to give Kobe more credit, man. The guys that he went through that game, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Rasheed Wallace, like Kendrick Perkins for most of that series, like these are guys that we now look back and are like, God, those were some tough, gritty talking. Mm-hmm. Like those guys would are <laughs> those guys would kill to win a basketball game and like Kobe played against all those dudes and I mean you also yeah. had Ron Artest out there too like oh yeah dude he had a great had game on the floor he, had, he yeah. was the best player on the Lakers that day <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did he did what he needed to do uh yeah to get the job done and yeah now that you mentioned I've been watching some classic games as well I watched the uh 2006 NBA finals Miami versus Dallas mm-hmm. that was interesting to watch Oh, Dallas, yeah, Dallas just had no answer for a quick guard like uh, <laughs> Dwayne Wade. He just yeah. tore apart their defense. Getting they basically had to foul him every time he crossed over Jason Terry <laughs> or any of those or any of their big guys. Yeah, totally different some, era game. Great, yeah, that that does that helps me. I think with my fix more than anything else right now is seeing just greatness like that yeah. from the from the past. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the 2003 NBA redraft here. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, Sean, let's let's try our best. You know, like I said, it's the first time. This is the first time we're doing something like this, so it might be a bit chaotic. Yeah. But for some of our gonna... more um, educated NBA fans, listeners out there, I'm just gonna apologize now <laughs> 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 because anything past 2015, I don't really know the players as well as I do now. So this is going to be brutal for the next 12 weeks. If we keep doing this like year by year. (laughs) Oh man, we'll stick, we'll stick with the good ones. 2003 was definitely a good one. So let's do this, Sean. Like um, how how should we decide who goes first? Should we do a game, a VC game of rock, paper, scissors here? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Best two out of three though. No, no, never mind. For time. We'll just do one. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just do it. Do or die here. All in. (laughs) Rock, paper, scissors. I think that's paper, right? I yeah, got, I got paper. Yeah, okay. I win. I get LeBron. All right. <laughs> All right, let's go. 
Let's let's dive into it then. You're on the clock, Sean. I assume we already know who yeah, you're going I with. I didn't even one look here. at what Cleveland's roster was this year. It's just LeBron. I'm just going <laughs> to pick <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> the best of the best. The cream of the crop. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you really can redo this or reimagine it. It's, it's LeBron James. Clearly number one. I guess in 2003, the only thing I guess you could change is uh, whether or not LeBron signs his rookie extension after this <laughs> set around. But for now, I he's going. He's number one. He got um, the trajectory follows the same here. Uh, Cleveland goes gets the number one seed a couple of years, but never wins that championship until 2016. Um, so I guess I'll go next, Sean. Unless you had any other thoughts here no, on your pick, I have no other thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most mindless pick you can make. It's like picking Zion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Here's the second one. This is the interesting one is Detroit. Detroit mm-hmm. Pistons, who had finished the season uh, first in the East with the 50-32 record. They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to Jason Kidd. But as we know, in 2004, they do beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals. So this is a pick that miraculously fell to them in, from the, from a trade from in 1997 <laughs> with the Memphis Grizzlies. How do you not protect this pick? Is do protections <laughs> not exist in the 90s? Did they not know. figure that out? You didn't no protect idea. top three. <laughs> <laughs> this is this oh is this God. is just straight gift from heaven to the Detroit Pistons, <laughs> and this is a solid roster: Jaunty Billups, Richard Hamilton. Chorus Williamson, Clifford uh, Robinson, uh, Ben <laughs> Wallace. I mean, you got the multiple defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace. Chauncey Billups really starting to hit it, hit his prime as well as Richard Hamilton. This was all pre Rasheed Wallace, as Rasheed Wallace would end up becoming a midseason trade that next year. But in, for this roster, it's totally a defensive machine of a team with Tayshawn Prince also on that on that roster. So I think here. Obviously, the pick that they made was um, um, Darko. Darko Militech, who ended up not doing much. He had a not little, much. he had a little spur in the mid two thousands. But outside of that, with no power forward and no, and Tayshawn Prince next year becoming that starting small forward, I think there's one guy I go for here, Sean. And I'm curious to see your reaction. I'm going with Chris Bosh for the Detroit Pistons. Mm. Keep him on the bench. You still make that trade for Rasheed Wallace. And then you have him starting, but then once Rashid Wallace starts his antics, you send them off, and then you got Chris <laughs> Bosch fresh off the bench and then heading into his prime, and the Detroit Pistons could all of a sudden win multiple championships here with this roster, I think. I 100% agree with that. Like, if, if I had to pick for Detroit, I would have definitely picked Chris Bosch too. And it's funny because there's actually a quote about this um, not too long ago, I think, um, from one of the Pistons players that's like, if we had to do it all over again, they wouldn't because what they did won them the championship. But yeah. you could argue you didn't need Darko in any way. Mm-mm. So just put Chris Bosch on the bench and then solidify your future with him. Exactly. I, I think, yeah, if they if they could take it back, they would totally take Chris Bosch, especially because, yeah, with Chauncey, Rip, Tayshawn, and Ben Wallace, get Rasheed Wallace out of there, like you said, I think Chris Bosch would slot in there perfectly. Um, that would be a dream pick for them. Oh yeah, there's no. I mean, yeah, that would not. The pick here would not alter uh, the the fragment of events that happened to get Rasheed Wallace on this roster mid season, uh, and you know they still go through the playoffs and they still beat. I mean, Kobe still has his trial. The team still struggles through the turbulations. Like the Pistons still win this title, but this mm-hmm. 
having Chris Bosch on this roster, though, could have been that difference the following year and the year after that, the consecutive Eastern Conference Finals losses mm-hmm. losses that they had. Chris Bosch would have been right there to be that difference. Maybe he oh, would have yeah. been perfectly <laughs> aligned with, with LeBron's rise, too. Le- oh, their yeah. answer would be a, a tag team of Billups, Hamilton, Wallace, and Bosch. Whew. What a great yeah, team that would have been. been. That could have been a dynasty, man. Exactly. Instead of a one-time thing, that, that would have been something. But mm-hmm. All right, so uh, it's my turn here. We're going with Denver next. Mm-hmm. Um, Denver was just the pits this year <laughs> finished with a tied for a worst record with the Cavs, uh, with a 17 and 65 record, just absolutely abysmal. They're starting right. five. I actually recognize two of these names, but <laughs> the ones I don't recognize junior Harrington, Rodney white, Danelle Harvey. That's, I don't need, <laughs> but then they did have Dewan Howard and they had Nene. Um, a young, young Nene, yeah. yeah, a young Nene, um, Jawan Howard being their leading scorer um, this previous season, but then he'd leave that summer uh, for the Magic. So you're really looking at best player available for the Nuggets right here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the draft, they obviously went with Carmelo Anthony, and I gotta have to go with Dwayne Wade here. Ooh, you go with Dwayne yeah, Wade, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You you just need the best player available, and if you have the foresight to know which player is gonna have the better career, the more winning career, Dwayne Wade's totally that guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, this team is so awful right now. I mean, mm-hmm. so they do end up getting Andre Miller in that offseason, which is a solid point 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 guard piece for them. Yeah. But outside of that, this roster is horrendous, and it doesn't really round <laughs> out to anything that uh, the roster looked like, other outside of Nene, further into the 2000s. So give or take Dwayne Wade or Carmelo, I, it doesn't really alter any events here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but it just... I don't know. It, like, once, once they had Chauncey Billups on the team, I wonder mm-hmm. if Billups with Wade would have been better than Melo with Wade and Melo with uh, Billups. I wonder yeah. if that could have got them over the hump. I don't know. Yeah, it would have also. You would have also had a Dwayne Wade versus Kobe Bryant in the Western Conference oh, consistently. That, that would have been, been amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. You would have seen a lot more Dwayne Wade versus Kobe in the playoffs for sure, especially later in the 2000s with Chauncey. And because mm-hmm. um, I still think they do the trade for Kenyon Martin possibly here, and you still end up building that team with Marcus Camby, Nene, and Andre Miller. Heck, you still have J.R. Smith coming off the bench. There's really not much changing here. So, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you going with Dwayne Wade here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So All right, I think you're up. A, number four. Yeah, so then that puts me here in Toronto. And obviously my my first pick here, my first choice would have been Dwayne Wade as well. Even though Vince <laughs> Carter is on this roster, this team finished 24-58 and 58 Last year with the starting five, Alvin Williams, Vince Carter, Morris Peterson, Jerome Williams, and Antonio Davis. I mean, this team was bad. And <laughs> I think I think Vince Carter was on his way out. And this franchise just did not take care of their star. Um, Vince Carter had some injuries this year, and he would have some injuries the following year as well. Uh, and they had Antonio Davis, who was 34 years old, clogging up their cap space, who was out-earning Vince Carter both those Oof. seasons. Um uh, so I think it, things were just bad. This is when things were starting to really fall apart for Toronto between that relationship with Toronto and Carter. Uh, so I think Vince Carter ends up getting traded two seasons later. Either way, um, so I think at this point, whichever pick it is that comes in, it's going to build. They're going to build this team around 
So at this point, I'm going to have to go with uh, Carmelo Anthony yeah. and give me the best player available and <laughs> let's just build with what we can. It's certainly a rough one, but I feel mm-hmm. like Melo would pretty much accomplish what Bosch accomplished in Toronto, <laughs> which was not a whole lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if the top three players, obviously LeBron, Bosch, and Wade, are off the board, then, yeah, Melo's the next pick. Yeah, and I think at that point, you have some, again, just the same Bosch trajectory where you now have a awful next three, four years, but then you end up making the playoffs and – Eventually, Carmelo Anthony, I'm going to say, ends up walking anyways and probably goes to New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he gets there a little <laughs> earlier than he did before. Yeah, but I think the, the trajectory of Carmelo Anthony is the same. He's, I mean, maybe at this point he's in the Eastern Conference, so he has more playoff appearances than he would have. Uh, but I think he still ends up in New York and mm-hmm. Toronto. Bad years, followed by some solid playoff appearances. However, I don't see them making an Eastern Conference Finals. Not unless because they don't end up getting mm-hmm. a Chauncey Billups. They don't end up getting a Marcus Camby yeah, and those type of guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yep. So now All it's right. your. You're on the clock yeah, here with Miami. With Miami, and yeah, this is a tough one because I mean, man, if if things shook out the way they did, Miami would be stuck with a pretty average to role player. Now, because the top four are gone, the talent has dropped off pretty severely. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking at the rest of this draft, I mean, those top four guys, really big difference makers. You don't really get that now. Um, So we're looking at Miami team. Had a pretty bad season, 25-57 record uh, with a starting five of Travis Best, (laughs) Eddie Jones, a young Karan Butler, um, Malik Allen, and Brian Grant. So this was uh, Riley joined the coach since, since Riley joined the coaching staff. They did not miss the playoffs. They had five straight appearances until 2001, and but then the 2002-2003 season happened, obviously. Um, and so we're looking at later in the offseason, they signed a 24-year-old Lamar Odom. So that's one where we don't want some overlap there. They don't really have a true point guard yet. Oh man, it's a tough one. I, I think I definitely would go point guard with them um for that reason um travis best is not a name i'm familiar <laughs> with in any way so i'm gonna take the best point guard available and that's gonna be kirk heinrich kirk heinrich yeah taking him to miami sliding him in with karam butler and <laughs> eddie jones and lamar odom yeah i mean this is a solid team it's up and coming for sure young and in that offseason, they bring in Udonis Haslam as well, who's still playing today at 39 years old. Whew. I mean, this is a team that just needed to really just ramp up. And Pat Riley put some interesting pieces here together. Um, and I think, obviously, they probably still maybe make that trade for Shaq. <laughs> so then you get a Kirk. Uh, yeah. Or maybe you redo that trade a little bit since you have Kirk Heinrich on that roster. But either way... yeah. Um, not getting Dwayne Wade here would really, really alter <laughs> oh, the man. history for it this makes franchise. Miami, like Miami might not ever have won a championship mm-hmm. if if this was to happen because they don't get Wade. Like not like Wade changed their franchise in crazy ways. Like he he made them relevant almost single handedly. Even when they brought Shaq on, it was still all about Dwayne Wade. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're bringing Kirk Heinrich, I mean, he had some good years for those baby bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like watching like a young Kirk Heinrich with a Ben Gordon, Luol Dang combo right there. Like, and yeah. then uh, Joachim Noah too. Like, those were a fun. That was a fun team, and Heinrich had some good years, but 
like you're comparing him to a legend like no yeah this this would have been a definite downgrade for them a very definite downgrade yeah so now i'm on the clock here with your clippers sean mm. <laughs> this is a <laughs> clippers yeah finish with a 27 and 55 record and this franchise has struggled and struggled and up until like later in the years and they had some this, decent players on this roster too. No, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. This is a solid. This roster is a lot like I guess you would call. This is probably like a similar roster to uh, I don't know. Not I don't not the Pelicans, but I guess like I mean they're kind of like what the Lakers were looking like last year without LeBron or two years ago without LeBron. Just a lot of young pieces. Yeah, like a lot of good solid young pieces who look like. You know, all of them had a chance to make a name for themselves in the NBA. And a lot of these guys did. Andre Miller, Corey Maggette, Lamar Odom, Elton Brand. I don't know about Michael Olawakandi, but... Um, <laughs> we'll but call still, that one of the worst number one picks of all time. <laughs> exactly. But outside of that, a lot of these guys did end up making a solid career for themselves. Unfortunately, like, this team did lose Andre Miller that offseason. Also, Lamar Odom to free agency, but they still had a solid piece, solid pieces in Corey Maggette and Elton Brand. Um, so they had a young and up-and-coming roster. Unfortunately, here, it's tough because the, since when you chose Kirk Heinrich, <laughs> it left the next best player here being David West. Hmm. And David West, I think, is a great piece. But he just doesn't fit with this Clipper team either mm-hmm. because he plays such a similar role to Elton Brand. Right. Um, just a scoring threat in the post. So it makes it tough. I want to take David West and say that there's a make a trade with Elton Brand Ooh. later. But <laughs> interesting. I, I don't know if we can really we should really dig that far. <laughs> That's considering going this real is deep. only the draft. <laughs> yeah. So I think here I'm gonna go. Oh, and I hate pushing David West this far, but Ooh. I think I'm gonna have to go with um, with Mo Williams here. Pick Ooh. up Mo Williams at the point wow. guard for this roster. Get Mo Mo Williams, Corey Maggette, and Elton Brand, and and let's see let's see what noise they can make. I mean, it's a lot heck of a lot better than what they did pick when they had this choice, and they, and when they chose well, they chose Chris, Chris Kamen, Kamen. when him was Which, okay. Yeah, I guess they did need a center too, but I mean, Chris Kamen. Is not a good player. Let's just yeah. Let's just not make it anything more. I mean, he had some like I was rooting for the guy. I remember mm-hmm. he was a tough, gritty player. Um, him and Brand really stuffed up the paint really good back in the day. But like I was, just, he was just never that impressive. Right. He was Always just average. Uh, yeah, he was just a solid average player. But I think if you're gonna choose top six, let's go with Mo Williams. Maybe Mo Williams mm-hmm. has a better chance of success here. And he did have those. Yeah, he did have a couple good years as a number two to LeBron James. But uh, I think why not? Let's go. Let's roll the dice. I'm going Mo Williams <laughs> at number six. So I you're like on the clock it. here at number seven now, Sean. All right, cool. Well, yeah, with Chicago, um, it's more abysmal years post Michael Jordan, obviously for a few years now. Um, looking at a 30 and 52 record in the previous season, uh, with some pretty decent pieces though. Not a lot, obviously, but you had a young Jamal Crawford, um, Trenton Hassel was at the shooting guard. So not, not great there. Um, your leading score, scorer, Jalen Rose, uh, averaging 20, Rose. yeah, averaging 21 points a game, killing it. And then you had, uh, Danielle Marshall and, uh, Tyson Chandler on the team. Yeah. Um, so, and then, so that what they did do is they ended up drafting Kirk Heinrich and it was the start of that baby bulls run. Um, but I mean, there, there's a few needs here I'm seeing, and I don't know a lot about these guys, obviously, but if I'm looking at what the team needs most 
I think it's shooting guard. Um, Trenton Hassel, not very good. Daniel Marshall, eh, you know, <laughs> like he was okay. Uh, numbers didn't really say much. But since David West is still on the board, and I think he presents that much more than the next best player, uh, I'm going to take a risk and not have a good shooting guard. I'm going to go with David West. David West. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, David West is probably the guy to go with here. And he had those great years with Chris Paul later in the 2000s, and I think you still draft Ben Gordon. You still draft um, Derek Rose. That means right. you've got you're looking at a solid 2008 2009 roster. Mm-hmm. In yeah, 2010. You're six years down the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if you keep Jamal Crawford on this team and Tyson Chandler, maybe even then. This yeah. is a heck of a team there with right. Tyson Chandler and uh, David West controlling the paint. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a solid pick, and it, it's a talent that, I mean, David West went, like, 18th, I think, in this draft. Like, yeah, he was a diamond he in the rough for sure. Yeah, he should not have dropped that far wet, that mm-hmm. far down. Yep, you never know, though. These are the type of guys. Like, that. he was one of those pieces that um, New Orleans was super happy to pick up, actually gave them some relevant playoff years, like you said. Yeah, exactly. So next next is me. So the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks getting the eighth pick here. The Milwaukee Bucks are an interesting franchise in that they had a solid team and they blew it up here the year before heading into this and <laughs> heading into this draft. They're starting five to close the year with a Sam Cassell, Gary Payton, Desmond Mason, Tim Thomas, and Tony Kukos. Tim Thomas being the only Oh, well, Desmond Mason, two dudes that were 25, but Sam Cassell at 33, <laughs> Gary Payton at 34, Tony Kukos at 34 yeah, years man. old as Three well. Three dudes in their mid-30s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a team that they just blew up. They traded Ray Allen. They traded uh, Glenn Robinson, two of, their lead, two of their leading scorers off this team after they kind of just fell apart after losing in the Eastern Conference Finals in the 2000-2001 year and never really recovered after that at least not with George Carl and not with their personalities that they had they just needed to blow it up but they did have one bright spot and that was Michael Red you remember that mm-hmm. name oh i i do remember Michael Red he was a very solid player yeah michael red was on this team and he did not have a good year this year however the next year he would win most improved player and he would drag this milwaukee bucks (laughs) roster to the 2004 playoffs with a 35 year old uh michael tony kukos playing center and uh tj Ford at the point guard who they ended up picking here but i think if this team basically has every need it can possibly have outside of the two guard spot since Michael Red would be take will naturally take that spot. So to me, I'm taking the next leading scorer from this 2003 draft. And it might not be a name a lot of people remember, but it's Josh Howard Ooh. who ended up being uh the last pick in the in the first round and ended up going to Dallas. And he didn't have the longest career, but this guy was pretty solid for the years he was at his best. Uh, he was one of the key reasons that Dallas Mavericks team was able to make it to the 2006 NBA Finals, uh, averaging 19 points and seven rebounds. This guy was tough. This guy was greedy, and he could guard and he could play multiple positions: the four, the three, or the five. And I think him and Michael Red here could have made some damage in the 2000, 2005, 2004, 2006 years before Michael Red had his long string of injuries. I think these three, mm-hmm. these two dudes could have made some noise. So I'm going to pick him for Mo- to go to Milwaukee. 
I think that's a great pick, honestly. Yeah, you're, talk, you're talking about trying to get a guy that averaged 19 points a game um, at this point in the draft. I, I would be super happy with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Is Josh Howard's name you could forget? He only played 10 seasons in the NBA, which that's it, it, a pretty decent amount. Um, but when you're a guy that does score that much in the league, that's that much of an impact player, you usually have a pretty long career. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he so really he, fell off once he got once he left Dallas. Um, but he, mm. ha- but definitely his golden years were right there in 2005, 2006, 2007, which I think was when Michael Red had his best years before he kind of fell through a string of injuries. Uh, but mm. I think it would have been a great fit. Yeah, no, I think that that's a good pick right there. You, you, yeah, they should sign you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go Luke Walton. Oh no, 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 not my boy Luke Walton. He, uh, maybe, he deserves to be time. higher. He deserves to be higher, but not that much higher. <laughs> All right, so that puts me on the New York Knicks, huh? Yeah, this is oh, where it starts boy. getting tricky. Uh yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of this. Okay, so I mean the Knicks, they weren't the worst team this year. I mean they had a 37 and 45 record. That's way better than uh, us current NBA fans are used to seeing them at. But still pretty bad. Still missed the playoffs, obviously. Um, they had a starting five of Howard Isley, Allen Houston, uh, Latrell Sprewell, Clarence Weatherspoon, and Kurt Thomas. And I've never heard of Clarence Weatherspoon in my <laughs> life. Who's Mike Sweetney, Alan? Can you, can you enlighten me on who Mike Sweetney is? <laughs> Mike Sweetney. <laughs> I don't know why I put that name on there, who actually. Is that? Oh. oh, I know who that is. That's who New York drafted with that pick. Oh, they drafted okay. Mike. So See, I didn't you... even look. I didn't even know. <laughs> the fact that both me and you are laughing, and like, I couldn't even that? remember that I put this name on there oh just 10 gosh, minutes yes. ago. 10 yes. minutes ago, I put this name on there. Yes, and now I, I see it now. Four, four years in the NBA. You never average more than like six points. Yeah, six and, like and a half points rebounds. a game. Never played more than 15 and a half minutes a game. <laughs> oh man, that's sad. That's a, that's who they drafted with that ninth pick, and in the oh, two thousand, and there's there's still some solid. Like I said, there's no stars, but there's some yeah, solid there's, oh, names definitely. still left on yeah. this on the on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I yeah. totally agree. So I'm I'm gonna help them out a little bit, guys. Um, you know I like Latrell pretty well, so we don't need a small forward. We're good on shooting guard. Oh, I'm gonna well, go with uh well before you well Latrell Sprewell actually ends up getting traded that oh, summer for Stephon snap. Marbury. Oh, who would have known? Okay, yeah. so they're good on point guard then. So this next sure. coming year, you're looking at a Stephon Marbury, okay. Allen Houston point guard two guard combo uh, with a 37 year old that came in Matumbo wow. at center. Oh, that's something else. All right, <laughs> I, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with the Kembe at center. Uh, <laughs> All right, so maybe we do we switch things up. We go with a small forward type to replace Latrell Sprewell, um, since he was a big piece that we're going to be missing now. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, the most versatile player possibly in NBA history. I'm going with Boris Diaw. <laughs> Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw. Wow, that that that's a that's an interesting one. I mean, he's the teammate. He is he is a champion. Uh, he is a multiple all you, playoff you hate appearance him for type Suns player, days. and I hate him because he played for the Suns and he played for the Spurs. Yeah, the two franchises the that I despise 
the absolute most. Um, <laughs> and I mean, maybe he could have been there to help ease those tensions between Marbury and the New, and the New York Knicks franchise. But it would have been great. I mean, Boris Diaw does come into the league a little bit older, so he will start making his his effects in 2005 and 2004. So that's exactly when the New York Knicks, I think, needed somebody to really mm-hmm. start kicking in. Yeah, definitely a more stable player. Played exactly 10 more seasons than Mike Sweetney did. <laughs> Mike Sweetney. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> it's so funny. I had literally put his name 10 minutes ago, and even then I couldn't remember who <laughs> he like, was. like, who is this? Like, was he on the roster? <laughs> See the coach? <laughs> yeah. So let's go to Washington, Washington Washington Wizards at number 10, who had just finished 37 and 45, who had a starting five of Larry Hughes, Jerry Stackhouse, Michael Jordan, Ooh, Christian Leitner, look at that and name. Brendan Hayward. Wow. You Christian Leitner and Michael Jordan on the same team. Exactly. And <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm just like, what? Is this record correct? I mean, this is also a young Tyron Loop or post Iverson step over here. And uh, a young Kwame Brown still. Um, still sucking. Still, yeah, but still, like at least he's got the the potential label still on him. Um, but this is the year. Obviously, Michael Jordan retires this summer. Still, average after still going through a twenty points per game season. But I mean, it kind of feels like an empty stat. Like, I mean, it's still pretty amazing. But uh, thirty-seven forty-five, and they would also sign a young guy by the name of Gilbert Arenas Oof. this summer. So this team. One is again it's got some names jerry stackhouse larry hughes um i mean kwame brown we know what hands up, ends up <laughs> happening there but i mean this team is still like set up where it's got some promising pieces so now it just needs to plug in another potential uh good role player here and there's still some good names on the on the on the board here um and i think i'm gonna go with the dude who i think could hang with uh with Gilbert Arenas and probably the guy Gilbert would most likely pass the ball to. I'm going to go with Kyle Corver here coming off I the bench. I had a feeling. Oh, I had you, a feeling. Yes. Kyle are Corver. Move, are you move Gilbert to the three or to the point? I mean, he played point guard a couple times here uh, for this team. No, you so. could play, you could play uh, Gilbert at the one and Corver at the two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a great pick for them. I mean, Jerry Stackhouse could move to the three. Mm-hmm. I bet that's what you'd do. Um, like that would be a really good one, two, three punch right there. I mean, obviously Leitner never panned out to be the player <laughs> that he, that he was in college and Brandon Haywood was always a pretty average center. Um, but yeah, with arenas in the mix. Yeah. Like you said, like he's going to attract so much attention. Corver being that three point specialist, that would be huge. Especially when you get into those Karan Butler, Anton Jameson years, oh, you bring yeah. them in and you have Corver at the two still, that would be amazing. You might be looking at. Instead of you might be looking at the rivals to the Phoenix Suns run and gun right here. You have mm, Gilbert at yeah. the point. You have Corver at the two. Uh, Karan Butler was always a good. Maybe he wasn't always the greatest three point shooter, but he could definitely shoot and he could hack Great and slash. Mm-hmm. Antoine Jameson was always an outside threat as well. So you could have been looking at the the not quite the Phoenix Suns, but the closest thing to it. Uh, yeah, that would be a fun team. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. I think I think Kyle Korver definitely was due to be picked right there. I mean, where where was he even picked? I feel like he was a second rounder. Um, yeah, picked fifty one overall by New Jersey. Fifty one. Wow. Yeah. Why did New Jersey trade him? That would have been a good piece for them <laughs> as well. You never. Yeah, you you never know what you're gonna get. And 
um yeah kyle korver being one of those currently three active nba players still um, still killing it yeah so here we go the last final five picks yeah, final of the lottery here. draft Ooh, so okay here we go golden state sean you're on the so, board here so this is a funny one so the golden <laughs> state and i was looking at this roster i was like wait did they just confuse this with washington <laughs> i was like this might be washington's team i'm like wow they actually had gilbert arenas and anton jameson before right. washington did i had no idea like that's so crazy did you yeah. know that <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I knew I that. I had no idea. I knew that Gilbert was on Golden State at some point, but I completely have, did not know that <laughs> Antoine Jameson somehow had started his yeah. years in Golden State. That's so funny. But yeah, I mean, they had a, a decent team. I mean, 38 and 44 isn't good, but I mean, Gilbert Arenas was young. He was actually just a second year um, in this previous season and just won most improved player of the year um for the league so that that's pretty awesome for him he's obviously getting into the the peak of his superstardom mm-hmm. uh coming up here in a few years jason richardson a good player anton jameson still young but decent and then troy murphy and eric dampier just middling role players but then you had gilbert arenas walk in offseason to the washington wizards obviously um they ended up trading anton jameson to the mavericks so you're left with a pretty big shell of a lineup here um if you're golden state and i mean if you're trying to uh, replace Gilbert Arenas. I think that's that's where you have to start. I think for point like to get a, a point guard on the roster. Um, wow, kinda, I can't believe think. they had this roster and blew it, or just like did not try yeah, to just even blew keep it, up. it. Yeah, they didn't try to keep it. Yeah, like they did, they weren't willing to sign, uh, or maybe Gilbert wanted to walk, but I mean they didn't give him the money bags. Um, mm-hmm. That's what it seems. I, I don't really know what happened there, but I'm gonna go with a point guard for Washington to. Re- or for sorry for Golden State um, to replace what they lost to Washington, and I'm gonna go with a very unconventional pick here. Uh, I'm going with Jose Calderon, the undrafted. <laughs> he was Spaniard. Here. He was in this draft. <laughs> he too? was in this draft when undrafted. Wow. And I think Jose Calderon would end up being the third best point guard in this draft had people had the foresight to see it. <laughs> I did not even think about Jose Calderon, but yeah, yeah Jose I pulled Calderon. that one out of nowhere. Yep, he ended up being a lottery type talent. <laughs> you know, he did. He had some great years. Uh, he contributed as a solid role piece, and I mean, he had a long NBA career as well, a lot longer than you would think. And, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he was an Olympic. He became an uh, Olympic silver medalist. Um, yeah, big part can't... of those Raptors teams in his later years too. Oh yeah, exactly. So. I mean, Golden State at this point looks like they're starting from ground zero, and anything that's mm-hmm. quality help, I can't believe they blew that roster up. That is I know. insane to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm up on the board here with the Seattle Supersonics, who had just finished 40 and 42. Yeah. You're actually going to make two picks for them in this uh, in this draft. Those are your last two picks. Wow. So the starting five here, <laughs> Gary Payton, Brent Berry, Rashid Lewis, Vladimir Romanovic, uh, pre-drog... <laughs> Drobonic. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> that name is something else, man. <laughs> I don't know who this dude was. But anyways, yeah, Gary Payton, Brent Barry. I mean, Gary Payton is on his way out, out of here. He gets traded uh, midseason to uh, the Bucks, who when then he ends up walking this summer for the Lakers, so he's not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> Brent Barry, same thing, ends up walking this, this summer for to the Spurs, ends up winning the championship that year. Mm. So he made the great decision. So then you're left with Rashid Lewis and a young Vladimir Ravanovic, who ends up being that 
And Ray yeah. Allen, too. Oh, yeah. And you get a young Ray Allen. That's right. You get that guy incoming from the Milwaukee Bucks this summer. So the Seattle Supersonics are set up well enough to make a solid um, playoff run. So now the question is, who can we draft here to compliment them and maybe help them win one round or two? And um, I don't know who the heck pre-drog drove. <laughs> never, never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of this dude. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give this team a big man, and I'm gonna give a guy who can take punches, get some boards, and uh, had himself some playoff years with the Clippers. There, I'm going with Chris Kamen, man. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> he's going Chris Kamen. I'm going Chris Kamen. Give some assistance here. To Ray Allen, Rashad Lewis, um, and uh, and Vladimir Robotnik, and anybody else that the Seattle SuperSonics team can end up hoistering for to help out. I think they end up getting Rasul Butler later a couple years or something. Uh, but they definitely need some help, and I'm going with Chris Kamen here. I'm very disappointed that you didn't just give them Nick Collison like they drafted originally. No way, I, Nick Collison. I he's am, like the he's like the like I guess Oklahoma City now, but like he's he was there all fourteen seasons of his career. What did he do in all fourteen <laughs> seasons? He was he was a solid role player. He was a nine. Chris Kamen at least had like a thirteen and, and nine year. In yeah, a slower pace. No, Nick Chris Kamen had man. a nineteen, had a nineteen and eight year, nineteen uh. and nine year. Okay, yeah, and he also had a, fifth, a sixteen and twelve year. In Nick Collison never got the opportunity. Nick Collison never came close to that. No, I mean Chris Kamen. Let's Chris Kamen. Yeah, for latter half of his career was just okay, kind of hanging around, falling asleep on the Laker bench. But <laughs> from two thousand three to two thousand. 10 here he actually put together some great he was an all-star in 2010 as a matter of fact oh man i bet he you don't was? remember that i yes, don't remember he was, that. He was an all-star in 2009 2010 he wow. 19 and 9 that's a solid piece and that would complement well with ray allen i think it lines up well uh i don't see mm. why chris came would not be one why you would not want to take chris came in there Anyways, All right, you're fine, on the clock, fine. Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to put it out there. <laughs> All right, so I'm with the Memphis Grizzlies, and the only thing I know about them is Shane Battier and Pau Gasol. Is this is this Jason Williams? Like, is this white chocolate, Jason Williams? Yeah, it is. I think. Okay, yeah, it is. It okay. is. That's that's actually that's a game changer. I don't even was he on the team the next year? How old is this man at this point? Uh, I mean, he's definitely not in his best years. I think were the Sacramento years. So, hmm. I, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this this team, it has a young Pau Gasol, which is awesome. It has it has Shane Battier, which is great. And what they finished this season with a twenty eight and fifty four record. They could have had the number two pick overall and drafted Chris Bosh if they had foresight to do so, but they probably would have picked Darko Milicic anyway. So I, I guess, <laughs> yes, it's not really that much of a loss at the end of the day. Um, but man, okay. So Jason Williams, he was playing uh, with Memphis until the 2004, 2005 season. So you still have Jason Williams for a few years. So you're not going to go point guard there. I was thinking maybe if he left, um, I'd go point guard here. Um, but man, there's not a lot uh, I like anymore on this board. You got to take just, Nick Collison, uh, man. I'm not taking Nick Collison. I have Pau Gasol. <laughs> why, would I, why would I take another point guard? 
You know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a backup point guard because I'm gonna develop a project that can um that Jason Williams can kind of bring under his wing, and I'm gonna go with Leandro Barbosa. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, Leandro Barbosa, the Brazilian blur. Yeah, the Brazilian um, blur. Yeah, Phoenix will miss him, but uh, Memphis I think would be very happy to have gotten Leandro Barbosa in this spot. Um, who they actually drafted was a guy by the name of Marcus Banks. Um, I, I've never heard of him. He played <laughs> eight okay. seasons. Yeah, yeah. he's been okay. He had six points a game. I think they'd be a little happier with Leandro Barbosa. Yeah, it's crazy. Leandro Barbosa went all the way down to 28th this draft. Yeah, man. That, and, that's a come up right there. That is the definition of a come up. Yeah. So now I'm on the clock again with Seattle. So, I mean, we still know. I mean, the same holds true. <laughs> calls in. The difference is now you got Chris Kamen, a future all who's about to be an all-star. Oh, in the, don't in, don't in the you do that. <laughs> I mean, come on. I just got an all-star here. Oh, uh, my gosh. So, so now we got Ray Allen. We got Chris Kamen. Man, this is a, a solid team. I feel like <laughs> I'm going to put this team in NBA 2K and simulate that year. Yeah, all you see have to do is pick Paulson, and it's perfect. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, we got the we got our big man situation sorted out, but who's still left here? You took the Brazilian blur. I wouldn't. I would not have minded taking the Brazilian blur. Um, who is still left on this on the board? You got a per, you got an Andre Perkins here. You got a Zaza Pachulia here. Still. Yeah, Zaza who went number six. Uh, I'm not picking him ever. <laughs> <laughs> you got Matt Bonner. Yeah, you got Matt Bonner. We got Luke Walton. Uh, Michael Petris had some some solid years shooting the ball in the playoffs. And you could just go with the pick that they went with is Ridnour. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Luke Ridnour was actually pretty good for them um, those years they went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, is there a possibility to upgrade here with uh, Michael Petris or uh, Luke Walton? <laughs> hmm. I, I I don't I don't, I don't think that Luke Walton would be. You really think Luke Walton would be a better player than Luke Ridnour? I don't know. I, I'm Look trying at, to figure I out. Mean, compare their averages, man. I mean, Luke so Walton's. I, I mean, all, granted, obviously Luke Walton was like a bottom feeder bench player, but he only averaged like four points a game. So I mean, I just sorted through field three point field goal percentage, and Brian Cook shot thirty eight percent for his career. Yeah, Brian Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Cook. I mean, um, you're gonna go with your Lakers bias. No, I'm not gonna choose. I'm not gonna be ridiculous here and choose Brian Cook, who actually ended up playing a good amount of years in the NBA, almost ten years. But I mean, never averaged more than six points. But Luke Rittenauer actually got to twelve. So I think Seattle, Seattle got the best man here, and I'm gonna wow. go with Luke Rittenauer to close hey. to make my final pick in this in 2003 NBA lottery redraft. Not bad. I I mean, yeah, I think that's a solid pick right there. Like Ridnour had a had a very good career, uh, twelve years, like you said. That's solid. And yeah, that that's the first one we've got where uh, the team nailed it. Well, <laughs> outside of LeBron, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that leaves me with Orlando to end it off. Uh, Orlando actually had a pretty good year this year uh, under Doc Rivers. Uh, finished with a forty-two and forty record. Uh, with a starting five of Daryl Armstrong, uh, superstar Tracy McGrady, who led mm-hmm. the league in scoring this year with 32 points a game. Um, you also traded for Mike, or you had Mike Miller. You traded him for rookies Drew Gooden and Gordon Girichek. Uh You also had Pat Garrity and Sean Kemp 
on the roster to round out the five. So I had a pretty good team overall. I think where the the weakness would lie here is either point guard or center. Sean Kemp being on the, the later part of his career here um, on his way out in that center position. And I don't even know who Daryl Armstrong is. <laughs> um, not sure if that's blasphemous or not. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with, Hmm. I could go center point guard. I'm going to go with, go with Zaza. You already know that's not, who you want. I'm not going with Zaza. <laughs> No, oh, Zaza's Zaza. one of the worst. You know, you know what? I'm going to pick Steve Blake. Steve Blake? I'm going to pick Steve Blake. Nice. Yeah, Steve Blake for the point guard. I think that's definitely a better pick who then they ended up getting. Uh, Reese Gaines, who only played three seasons. <laughs> three seasons, averaged less than two points a game, less than 10 minutes a game. I think Steve Blake trumps him in almost every sense of the word. I mean, <laughs> this guy actually had a pretty decent shares. career, 13 seasons in the league. I mean, it's not like his numbers were anything spectacular, but he had a few good years in there. Yeah, no, Steve Blake is solid. I mean, he he's a great point guard, defensive point guard. He was, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, I, yeah, think- I mean, the peak of his career in 2008, he was averaging 11 points, five assists for the, for the Trailblazers at the time. Man, this guy's been on a lot of teams, but... Yeah, I think of the of the players that are available left in this draft, he's the one that I think gives you the most. Um, it really did drop off a lot after after the top four or five. Yeah. Well, where would Steve Blake be without you, Sean? Where would he be? He would be looking at what he got chose. Oh, he was in the uh, he was, oh, he was in the rounder. second rounder to Washington. Yeah, I mean, he jumped around a lot. I mean, he was he was only in Washington for two seasons. And then he is in Portland, Milwaukee, Denver, back to Portland. Uh, then with the Clippers for a year, I actually do remember that. And then he was with the Lakers for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before bouncing around a few more times. Part of that last stretch before we uh, went into the dark yeah, just, years. Yeah, the, the ship sunk <laughs> completely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's. So we rounded out the last redraft of the lottery picks, and you know we made our picks. And who are some of the honorable mentions? I think that could have been. A lottery pick, but weren't quite there. I think you I already really think Nick Collison could have been a lottery pick. Nick Coll, really? I really, yeah, totally. I, no I think way. For what he, I mean, it's not like he was amazing, but I'm not saying Steve Blake was amazing. I could have easily picked Nick Collison over Steve Blake. True. I think. Well, I'm gonna and get... he's like he's one of those locker room guys, you know, the mm-hmm. intangibles. Yeah. I think we got to give a, an honorable shout out to uh, Kendrick Perkins here, man. Yeah, all right. I'll give an honorable shout out to Kendrick Perkins. He was a I'll give one to Matt Bonner, too. Matt Bonner, yeah. Yeah, I think. Three-point specialist. He was. He played his role, and he played it well, and I hated him. He killed the yeah. Lakers. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. I yeah, I think any of those three guys could have been in the lottery, but, yeah, you're talking yeah, pretty, pretty weak overall um, after you get past David West, Josh Howard. Josh Howard is good. Josh Howard Josh has a good year. Good. Yeah. What about Luke Walton? Does Luke Walton deserve no. a, an honorable mention I can't mention believe you're even considering Luke Walton. <laughs> he played 10 years. Ten that years. doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that have played 10 years. Willie Green. Willie Green. <laughs> I'd rather have Willie Green than Luke Walton. Dante Jones was not bad. Dante Jones was not bad. I'll yeah. give you that. James Jones was not bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's some decent guys, but yeah, none none of them really had that much excitement. I think I think my favorite my favorite pick was getting Jose Calderon um, onto the uh, who did I pick him for the Warriors. 
Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I didn't think of Jose Calderon. I forgot to take the undrafted guys. Yeah, got, yeah, got to take the undrafted. Yeah, that we got to do that for next time. Got to remember those undrafted players. Yeah, I actually really like my Chris Kamen pick. And I, I just don't understand. <laughs> I understand that he had one good year, but oh, he had a man. couple good years. He had three <sighs> solid years. <sighs> Chris Kamen. He just needed to be on a better team. His team held him back. <laughs> right, right. That was it. He had a good team. Sam Cassell, Patino Mobley. That was one year. That yeah, team needed Brand, some consistency. Spaghetti and Cayman. That was a solid lineup. Yeah, I also like. Um, I also like my Josh Howard pick to the. Oh no! Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, and then David West for Chicago. I think that's a that's a big one. Yeah, like they, that, had... they definitely won out if they redrafted. Oh, that would have been huge. Chris Bosh, mm. Detroit. Chris what? Bosh, Detroit, man. That. Oof. That deserves an NBA 2K simulation. Season. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> On that Pistons team in, uh, in the following year, maybe after this season. Oh, yeah. man. That would have been wild to do. Yeah. Well, that was, a, that was fun. That was fun. I actually yeah. enjoyed that. I, I hope know. I didn't say anything too blasphemous. <laughs> I don't think so. I think if there was anything that was a little blasphemous, maybe you took Kirk Heinrich a little too early. Ooh, I, I just I needed a point guard. <laughs> I needed a point guard for that team, man. Miami. Miami lost out. They didn't have much else to go with. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, you didn't even pick David West after I went Heinrich. So no, it was tough. Just, to, it was to be tough to make David West fit with this Clipper team without, you know, taking it too far yeah. and trading one of these guys. Right. Well, I, yeah, I thought the same thing for Miami. I just think that they needed more at the point guard than the uh, power forward. Yeah. If they don't make that trade for Shaq, this would be an exciting young team again. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But that was fun. So mm-hmm. they, thanks for tuning in to Hopefully it wasn't too disastrous, but let's just <laughs> let's round out this podcast now. That's our 2003 NBA draft, and just to give you some content, and I think it was fun doing this. Uh, but yeah, in this I'd day, be down to, to do a weekly thing of it. Yeah, we could do another draft. We could do the 2000, 2004 draft. Who were the, oh, name, who were the names <laughs> of the 2004 draft? Oh, man. I don't even know if I want to look. Let's see. 2004. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Mecca Okafor. Ben Gordon. I mean, there's some. I mean, I feel like with every passing, you were gonna recognize a few more names. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's some. There's some fun ones in here. We. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. You got Tony Allen coming out of this draft too. Tony Allen. <laughs> Grinding grit, man. Yeah. The birth was there. <laughs> But to close the podcast off for everybody, this day in NBA history, April 13, 2016, is the day Kobe Bryant scored 60 points against the Utah Jazz in his final game in the NBA. And then if you weren't aware, NBA 2K has given away uh, that card representing Kobe Bryant in his last game. And it's crazy. Everybody on social media is complaining that he got given out for free, and they're complaining about the rating that Kobe got. Oh, but man. I mean... He was 35 years old. He was not a good player. Yeah, give him a break, man. <laughs> yeah, he pulled off the 60-point game, but it took every ounce of energy from him. Yeah, that, yeah, that squeeze it, squeeze it dry on that one. But yeah, good, good time, uh, good day in history. Um, good time to get the podcast started back up again. Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll give you some more content. We'll continue brainstorming some content for you all. Stay safe out there. <laughs> yeah, have a good one, everyone. 